Hey everybody, welcome back to our percentile vice. I'm Steve, sometimes Rick. Oh, he's Rick Stevens PI on Twitter. I'm joined tonight by Emily. That's John over there. And of course, our two guests for the last few weeks. We appreciate it very much. We've got Alex, a.k.a. Mumbleford Waits, at Mightiest Finn on Twitter, and Asa at Backwater TTRPG. Did I get that right? Look at me. Yeah. All from memory. No notes at all. And if you don't know how to spell water, it's on the screen. Ah, and apparently it's one word. And we are playing Backwater, and Asa has been kind enough to come in and game master this for us, and we've been having a wonderful time, and mm -hmm. I think we're probably towards the end of somebody's about to die and things are going to finish up. So, Asa, over to you. Take us away. Think about psyching y'all out and doing like a Christmas episode. <laughs> Santa comes in and saves you. Their characters, but we're going to the North Pole. <laughs> Perfect. So and it's a musical. <laughs> all the elves are singing. Oh. Yeah, can you all sing? <laughs> I hope nope. we can. <laughs> Backwater are nice. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't know already, this is a Backwater game. And Backwater is a Southern Gothic horror tabletop role-playing game. Alex and I created it and funded it last year. It's the first of what we hope to be many, many role-playing games based on regional American Gothic horror tropes. We also crowdfunded a second book, Backroads, and that one's set in St. Louis. And we have a couple other projects on our horizon for spring 2023. Follow us on Twitter, if Twitter's still around by the time that this episode is even done. Uh, we also have a newsletter, so you can catch us there, and then you won't miss out on any of our upcoming projects. All of our games are set in the same post-apocalyptic America known as the American Lands. Backwater is set in New Orleans. That's where our characters are today. They take on the roles of wardens, who are the official peacekeepers of the American lands with a broad jurisdiction. And our wardens tonight and for the last couple of weeks are John as Gail Powers, Alex as Swifty, Emily as Annabelle, and Rick, or Steve, as Fontenot. So Fontenot, why don't you give us the, uh, what, what were we calling it, the rogue? The uh, Rogue Adventures of W.G. Fontenot. <laughs> <clears throat> My dearest Elaine, I know it has been several weeks since uh, I have taken pen to paper and corresponded with you, but now seems like a good time. It is with great pain that I write this letter. Not so much that writing you causes me pain, but I am actually in physical pain. <laughs> Allow me to describe to you the events of today. You may remember that uh, I was soon to be dispatched to help one Hamilton King, a wealthy industrialist, to determine who might be uh, wishing misfortune upon him. As part of our investigations, we have seemed to be taking two tracks. One, it appears we are tracking down some monstrous type, perhaps a vampire, or something my colleagues call an orange. I have no idea what that might be. The other track of our investigation was finding one missing Abner Nash. We came to find Mr. Nash's toolbox, and in there was not his screwdriver, which we did find at the scene of a bloody murder. So, we may be on the right track, we thought, and off we went to look into the 
depots around the rivers that uh, one Abner Nash might find himself. As we approached a particular depot building, a large granary of some sort, going inside, we found the simple tracks of a man being dragged and thought perhaps we had found what had happened to Mr. Nash. And as me and one of my colleagues ventured upstairs, the other two colleagues began, well, it appeared they was just digging through a pile of grain when they ran across bodies. Ugly bodies that looked like they may have been afflicted by the same monstrous activity that had been the cause of death of the murderous activities outside of Mr. King's home. I know I seem to be rambling a bit here, my dear Elaine, but I could tell you that the pain is quite intense right now. Well, let me get to that part. Having gone upstairs in this granary, we heard noises. We investigated. We did not find anybody, but we did find Mr. Nash in a hell of a state and requiring medical attention quickly. As we was working to get to that point, somebody lit one of six, yes, I said six, Elaine, kegs of powder in the building. Our lives were in immediate peril. As my colleagues ran for cover, I ran towards the danger. Seeing that the fuse leading to the keg might simply be cut and saved all of our lives there on the spot, I did what must needed be done, and the way I went. I'm ashamed to say that uh, my honey knife had grown quite dull from disuse and poor upkeep on my part, and I was unable to cut the, uh, the fuse. My colleagues were scrambling like crazy, and I had but one choice, and that was to jump from the catwalk of the second floor down to the floor below me, where, upon landing, I heard and felt an awful crunch. You'll be happy to know, I know this is starting to seem quite uh, bleak and fatalistic, but I rest assured Pogo is safe. Before I go on, I know you were concerned. Having landed poorly with I believed to be broken bones, I was certainly about to die in the explosion. When Gail, one of my colleagues, scooped me from the ground in the most heroic fashion and drug me from the burning or about to be exploding building and away to my safety, I noticed that the rest of them had been uh, likely uh, similarly uh, escaped from the building, and my dear Pogo was safely in the hands of Annabelle, one of my other colleagues. Swifty, uh, immediately, it appeared, was still filling out some paperwork, and uh, the four of us with our pets were starting to walk away from the building when it exploded with a horrendous crash. I felt the singes upon my back, but I felt... I felt that it was all going to be okay, as my heroics had certainly saved my colleagues. I must close this letter now, as there seems to be blood pooling in my boot at the moment, and I must take care of it post-haste. Again, Elaine, your uh, fond and dear friend, Fontenot. Swifty, does he always read out loud while he's writing a letter to somebody? 
Yeah, I think it helps him collect his thoughts. Well, I told him not to write it. I just gave him all that morphine. I told him he was in no state to be writing. <laughs> that was fucking brilliant. That was amazing. <laughs> I am in great pain. <laughs> so much excruciating pain. I must go as blood is pooling in my boots. <laughs> There's a blood clot in my boots. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> So to the point of the explosion, we're fine, right? We we walked away. Like that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Rewinding to the point of the explosion, as you all are walking away, you hear one explosion, followed by six large explosions, and all of a sudden, the building at your back, in a large gust of wind, comes up behind you and sends you all flying. I'm gonna need you all to make me a reflex roll here. Oh boy. Hmm. So we're rolling at the target number that's on our character sheet? Uh, nope. We have the reflex roll, you roll d20, add your modifier, and then I've got a gotcha. difficulty goal for that one. I got 19. I got an 8. I got a 6. <laughs> Put that dash with the <laughs> So everybody but Gail, which make you know, Gail's the. Gail is clearly quick on his feet and stuff. Uh, everyone but Gail, you take, um, oh my gosh, that's pretty rough, uh, four points of damage here. As this explosion rocks you and sends you all flying into the ground. I also have bad news. Oh, that was the good news? <laughs> <laughs> The bad news is now that you've lost some health points here, you have to make me a health roll. So a health roll, you have to roll a d20 and get equal to or less than your current HP. You know, I think, Asa, that uh, if we did it at the very end, I have forgotten it and failed to write it down. What kind of damage did I take from the jump and the... uh... I unfortunately believe I did the same thing. I am sorry. I am swine. I am a worm at your feet. I, I thought you had a rope. I I jumped. She just jumped and missed. Pogo was saved, but Annabelle's body absorbed all of the damage that would go to Pogo. Yeah. I want to say I took like five points or four points of damage. No, you only. I remember yours explicitly. You took. You only took one point of damage. But how much did Fontenot take? question but Fontenot will be nice we'll say you only took one point all right and now a health roll under the current number which is scary low and now my dice will roll high I guarantee you yeah under or equal to and there's no modifiers to this roll correct you don't want to modify that's right I got a four under a five uh, I will be able to complete my missive to Dear Elaine. <laughs> I have to roll that too? Yeah. Well, yeah. You sorry, have to roll that. under or equal to your current health. On a d20? On d20. That's On not d20. fair. <laughs> it's harder. Damn it! <laughs> I rolled an 18, and I promise that's above. <laughs> so... All of you who failed, sounds like just Swifty and Annabelle here, 
you were also burned by the blast because you failed it. And you are Why did my be... paperwork not save me? <laughs> it's on fire <laughs> now, Swifty. Was singed, it was singed as well. I'm sorry. It's uh, that's the more the more tragic occurrence here. And you're going to be burned for eight hours. Uh, you can make a first aid roll to reduce that if you'd like. Uh, if any of you has a first aid roll and a first aid kit. Um, and you can also make a uh, nurse physical role with a medicine kit or emergency kit in order to regain some health points if you need that at this point in time. Also remind you that the two of you who jumped also became wounded uh, in the last game too. And uh, you are wounded, I rolled it up here, for four hours. And you can also try to reduce that with the first aid roll. And I'll let you do one first aid roll per person if any of you has it just to save some time here. So I have a medicine kit to recover HP and restore consciousness. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you can use that to recover HP. I can only use it once, though? Uh, no, you can once use it person. once per person, okay. basically. Yep. So then I'm going to try to make medicine rolls on those two first and then try to do myself. So that's my nurse physical. I'm at a plus three. I rolled an 18 for Fontenot. Yay. And for Swifty, a 19. And Shouldn't that be a plus four on Nurse Physical? Because you're at plus one and then you have the plus three from the skill modifier. Not the skill modifier, okay, but well, the attribute. Then it was a 19 and a 20. And then for myself, um, a 16. So those are all successes for you. So each of you then can go in and we'll be rolling some dice here to recover some hit points. And you each will get back 1d4 hit points. Not a lot, but yes, it'll help I'll you. I'll take it. Hush, Pogo. Do we... Do we roll that or should? Uh, yeah, go ahead and roll your own. Okay. I got back three. Okay, I got two. back four. Nice. Nice. All right. I like to so, think that as Annabelle like comes up to save Swifty, he's just like flat on his back, staring at the sky, and then does the like, like ratchets up, burning papers are flying around him, his skin's all blistered, and he's like. There's a lot of paperwork we're going to need to do about this. <laughs> his hair's blown out, too. <laughs> right, just, like, completely gone. But his kepi cap is still on it, so, like, all of the sides are all pushed out, and then his little cap is on it. <laughs> just, like, completely sooted and dirty, and he's like... Uh, uh, My perfect ow. uniform. Yeah. Okay. So the way that these conditions work, just so you all know, or those out in the audience... Um, they're wounded and burned. Wounded is going to reduce your movement by five feet. So both your movement and your sprint. Oh God. So two of you are already a bit slow. You'll be a little bit slower as you limp along here. And it also gives you worst of two modifier on uh, skill rolls involving athletics, which includes melee attacks, for example, stunt rolls, those sorts of things. Um, 
The other one that you have is Burn, and Burn works a little bit differently. Uh, it doesn't affect you most of the time, but if you take in, like if you try to make a skill roll within the next eight hours, uh, you're going to take a point of damage uh, when you make that skill roll too. So it hurts when you do things basically. And in Vigilance Order, it's any time you take an action as well. So it makes, it ups the stakes a little bit for you. Yikes. So popping blisters every time you try and do something. <laughs> so if Annabelle doesn't have the the tools necessary to uh, get those conditions taken care of, can we like go visit a doctor? Because we have some time prior to the ball and Swifty really needs to change his uniform and would prefer to not be burned if we're going to fight a monster. And there are a couple of doctors in New Orleans that are in the standard core rule book too, um, that y'all could visit. There's uh, Dr. Jean-Francois Fatiman, who is in the docks, which would be the closest here. Uh, he doesn't have the best reputation per se. Uh, he resorts to natural brews and concoctions for ailments and definitely uh, distrusts uh, people from the heartlands in particular, if any of you from there. Um, and then the other person that's uh, in town is Dr. Pham. And Dr. Pham uh, practices in the Lake District, but they primarily uh, assist upper-class clients. Well, I think the wardens will pay for whatever treatment. So I suggest we go to Dr. Pham and get the best. Yes, the one down here, the docs, he's just... I've heard some not so good things about him, just to know in certain circles. I just don't suggest it. I would rather limb our way there to the better doctor. My friend, Colonel Aloysius Pumpernickel, once visited him for a certain boil on a certain part of his body, and the doctor gave him blue water, and it didn't work. He's those kind of doctors who treats the ghost in your bloods with leeches. Like, it's just not... It's just not good... It's not good medicine. I just need salves and creams and something for my burned body. Yeah. So let's head to... Well, first of all, let's deal with the imminent... Like, is there anybody else around the building? Like, do we need to be... Yeah, right. What about the guy I saved? Is he fine? Is he alive? Yeah. Yep. You still got Abner Nash with you. You carried carried him out as uh, with the explosion as the building exploded with you. And then uh, the foreman, who was there when you all started exploring the building, is just looking outside his foreman's tent and is staring in complete shock as the uh, five of you, including Abner here, um, stand in front of a now ruined and on fire building. Well, now you can uh, put your men back to work. <laughs> the next demolition has been accomplished. But I suggest maybe checking your other buildings for live explosives. Maybe um, having those taken care of. Those were our explosives. Why did you explode them? We didn't. Somebody else came in and, and we were all together and somebody else lit the fuse. Um, we're not entirely sure who. Was it one of your men? Did you see anybody coming or going? I didn't catch anyone uh uh, around here, as far as I was aware, it was only you all, but now I see Abner here, too. What? Sorry, Swifty's <laughs> ears are still ringing from the explosion. <laughs> what did you say? What? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. 
there was a building that exploded. We need we need to get to the doctors. I'll send you the paperwork that you need to fill out. We gotta go. We know a lovely courier by the name of Gooseberry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. all of you head to the Lake District for some medical attention. Is that yeah. what's up? Yep. yep. And we can fast through, uh, fast forwarded through this one a little bit, but you get to Dr. Fam, and one of you is going to have to front the cost as Swifty is very familiar with. You can get some of the money paid back at the end of the at the end of the mission here. Uh, should you all survive or be successful um, but up front any of you who's going to be taking any treatments gonna have to pay a couple of coin for first aid rolls it'll be uh, two coin per um, per treatment and dr fam cannot guarantee that it will work but they're pretty dang good so. i'll pay for everybody who needs it thank you You're welcome. all right so That's three of us because you don't need it, right? You're fine. I like to think that Swifty was just smoldering the entire walk <laughs> through New Orleans. Just like showed up at the gate to the Lake District. They're like, check your weapons. And he's just like on fire. Just like, fine. here. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> we have more important stuff to deal with. So you can reduce all of them by three hours which means that your wounded condition should wear off by the time, um, by the time, you know, by later today, I guess we'll say, by early afternoon. But we would still have five hours on our burned. That's right. What time is the performance? Like if, if Swifty just takes a, a quick warden nap of five hours, will that put us in time for, uh, in time for the, the performance? Uh, we will, well, the performance will be at 6 p.m., so we'll say you don't quite have enough time for a five-hour nap in here, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, how would you like to go from here? <coughs> you got free rain. Are you going to head sta straight to the playhouse? Or are you going to head back over to King, or to Hamilton King's Manor? I don't know if I told y'all this already, but as we was leaving that building, I jumped to the ground first, right? And as I was trying to get out, I saw somebody else running out. It was a blonde lady. Might just be me, but she, she kind of resembled... You know, you would have to turn it around, and I haven't ever seen the back of the posters, but she kind of looked like what I would expect the back of that poster looks like that Mr. Hamilton King had in her room, in his room, in their room. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. what, what was this blonde woman wearing? I believe she was wearing some rags. Am I correct? I think a red dress. A, a red dress. dress? Okay. It was a red sequin dress. Uh, had a big bow around the backside. Well, I, I feel like that may need some investigation. We may need to try to see if we can go to the playhouse early and see if we can locate said red dress. Because if we can place her at the scene, it gives us quite an edge to this investigation. Yes, and if there's going to be any trouble uh, with her, then perhaps we want to do that before crowds begin arriving for the safety of the public and so that we don't do anything stupid in front of a bunch of people. Again. Good thinking. 
Good thinking, Warden Fontenot. Swifty, have you by any chance come across any paperwork that might be listing somebody who might know how to kill one of these oranges? Could be a vampire. Uh, We've not been certain yet. Yeah, we're we're not certain. Uh, I don't think that the research that we did indicated that we needed to do anything other than shoot him in the face. We can try that. I'm always willing to try shooting something in the face. Okay, so I guess we'll head to the uh, theater to see if we can either meet this lady or get a good feel of the lay of the land. Yeah, so you all walk over to the Western Theater, uh, which is the biggest theater and playhouse in, in New Orleans here. It's in the French Quarter. It's this tall rectangular building made of white brick stone ornamented with friezes along the roof line. Um, There are, it sort of looks like a classic theater, these sort of uh, reliefs decorating the side of the building, you know, acanthus carvings, all that sort of jazz. The building actually holds three theaters for those of you who have been here before or checked it out. I know Swifty has never been to a play. Uh, but only one of these theaters is in constant use. It's the big one, it's the largest, and it's the westernmost theater, and is that's why it's called the Western Theater. So when you all arrive, uh, it is busy with workers, not with people quite yet. It doesn't seem to be open to the public. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa they're... there, capitalist goon. Workers are people, too. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Trying to get in my character for when I play Hamilton King later. Uh, <laughs> not people. You all get there, and there are not uh, theater goers there yet, just theater workers. And the front doors are locked, but you can see inside there is sort of a constant bustle of people. Swifty, do you by chance have any sort of paperwork that might grant us, um, you know? access investigatory access to the theater before the prior the opening of the doors wardens are able to get into lots of places we can go wherever we want to and in fact we have this thing called a preemptory warrant which we just need to have the judge sign afterward oh well um and i'm just making that up so asa (laughs) please feel free to swap me down as necessary yeah i could see that that look on his face like you sure about that bud Perhaps sure we could we just were. try knocking. <laughs> yeah, if we flash our badges, we should be able to get in without a problem. I mean, you know me, I'll let you do whatever you want. Yeah. Swifty kicks in the door. <laughs> Gail rides in on a dinosaur. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, Rex just busts through. Mystery those ankles work again. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Now he has three ankles. <laughs> A whole extra angle. <laughs> yeah, so Swifty, who has taken the time to... I assume I stopped back at the warden office and changed and, like, washed my face and cleaned my hair. Uh, so I've changed back into a, a, a well-pressed uniform. I'm still looking a little singed, but, you know. And I think we'll walk up to the... Like, if no one stops us, we're just going to go in. But if they do stop us, it's going to be badges. Currently, it's it's locked right now. So 
you walk up all tough, strutting your stuff, like ready to, I'm just going to walk in there looking like I mean business. And you try to open that door and it's like when you push a pull door. But he was walking full speed when it happened. <laughs> Certain the door was going to yes. open for him, and so he just bangs into the door. Oh, oh. it is not my day. <laughs> okay. Uh, Swifty knocks politely. And um, you see all these people bustling by. Somebody hears the knock. And they look really busy. and They come over to the door just really reluctantly, and they open it and poke their heads out, and they're like, um, can I... Can I help you? Flash the badge. Warden Gideon Swift and Associates. We are conducting an official investigation at the behest of Mr. Hamilton King, and we need entrance. Mr. Swift, your nose is bleeding. Did you just... <laughs> there's blood oh, on God. our door. <laughs> Swifty just sits down. Just like, oh, Someone else handle it, please. You can't afford for anything to go wrong. I don't know if you've heard, but this performance, The Black Dog, it's going to be huge. Marguerite Lynn, one of the star actresses of the show, she's supposed to be, you know, um, she she's going to be limelight tonight. So we can't afford to have anything going on. Is it really important? Does it need to happen tonight? This is precisely why we have come so early, my good sir. We uh, have reason to believe that Miss Lynn's life may be in peril, and we just need to check on her, ask her a few questions, and then we can be out of the way well in time for the opening of the show. Uh, trust me, you'd rather us do this now than do it later. So, uh, permanent uh, admittance at this point, sir. Well, just don't upset her. You know, she got here about an hour ago, looked a little flustered, um, a little worse for wear. You know, maybe it's just opening night nerves, but... Perhaps she was just burning her. the midnight oil. <laughs> Swifty just says, ow, from... <laughs> Asa just leaves. He's like, I'm done. Asa has left the chat. <laughs> How long ago was the explosion? About an hour. Yeah, hour. Probably a couple hours at this okay. point because he went to receive medical treatment, walk around. T- I'm going to pack uh, Swifty's nose. I'm going to be down there, just be like, hold still, taping his nose shut. Stop. Stop wiggling. Swifty does not like when things go near his face, so he's, like, involuntarily <laughs> resisting you, but he's trying. He's not trying to, but he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Okay, so we ready to go? If they will allow us. Yes. The, the person looks a little bit annoyed, and, but he opens the door and just says, you know, I'll, uh, I'll tell the manager here, um, but if you could just wait until i get back okay okay and he trots off okay we go in (laughs) all right uh so again you're looking at um this uh large building which has three theaters in it and the dressing rooms are off um you, you sort of look around, there's two desks. There's a desk on it far to the left and far to the right. And far to the left, there's going to be a dressing room past this front desk here. And it sort of seems to, like maybe it goes backstage and behind the main theater. We're gonna go that way. 
backstage. Yeah, we gotta go find her dressing room. Yeah. So you all head backstage, and there are a couple of different doors with names on them, and you come up to one, and it says Marguerite Lynn. Anywhere, like, on our right, right, like, direction that way, was there any, like, vases of, like, flowers or anything put out? Make me a luck girl. I knew you were going to say that. I'm catching on to this game. Um, just so you know, I do have the unlucky thing, so. And I did roll odd, which is my luck, so you have the option to deny me. You feel pretty lucky. I'll save it for a worse time. Okay. And <laughs> Classic ace of move. Except I never use it, I feel like. But one of these days I'll get No, you do threaten uh, it a lot, which I appreciate. One of these gotta days. Gotta yeah, there is a vase in the hallway on a little end table um, with some beautiful flowers sticking out. I'm going to, re- as we go past, I'm going to pluck the flowers out and shake the water off. So when we get to the door, I'm going to knock with the flowers in front. And as you do that, you see a worker come up behind you and looks in the vase and sees that it's empty and uh, frustrated, has to go replace the flowers. Mm-hmm. And you knock on the door, but there's no answer. Can we try the door handle? Swifty, you try the door handle. It's locked. Can I look up and down the hall and see if anybody's paying attention to us? These workers are just bustling back and forth, but most people aren't coming down this hallway. Probably don't want to disturb anybody. We still got a couple hours before the performance here. So no one's really paying attention. I'm standing on either side of the door to give him some cover. And I'm going to dip in and try to pick the lock as nonchalantly as possible while furtively looking back and forth every few seconds to make sure I'm not being watched. Nonchalant and furtively in the same sentence. That's some good vocabulation there, John. I see that dictionary that you're sitting on. <laughs> I just want to look talk. At least I didn't do the Frank furtively joke again. What's this lady's name again? Marguerite Lynn. Marguerite Lynn. A road a twelve. It takes you a little bit, and you're starting to get nervous because you know you're looking around and workers keep coming around the corner. The guy comes back, he puts some flowers in the vase, sort of glances down at you and looks a little confused, but then keeps walking. And suddenly the lock clicks and you're able to get the door open. I'm going to turn it and push it open. Inside, there is a dressing room with a large vanity, a gigantic mirror on that vanity, um, with some uh, mostly uh, candles, this large candelabra. Uh, The candles are out right now, uh, so it's a little dark inside this room. Um, it appears to be empty of people. Are there any doors in this room other than the one we're at? Yes, there is a door. It appears to go into a closet. I'm going to stand outside the front of the room, holding the flowers, with pulling the door shut and let the boys go in 
but I'm going to stand in the hall. I always kind of like it when she calls us the boys. The it's, boys. But don't know why. Is the closet unlocked? Yep, the closet's unlocked. You can just pop it open if you'd like. I'll pop it open and look, and I'm specifically looking to see if I see any dresses similar to the one I saw earlier, even if they're, like, the right size. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. So, uh, yeah, you won't have to make any rolls. You look at the dresses, you're not exactly sure without making a sort of roll if they're the correct size, but you don't need to because... The, there's this red dress, which is covered in soot and dust. And it looks like it's wearing sequins. Apparently, there's a bow on the back of it as well. <laughs> there hey. is now. It Swifty. looks familiar to you. Swifty, Fontenot. Come here. What is it Swifty you found? Over. This dress here, the one with all the soot and whatnot on it. And the bow and the sequins and the red. That's the dress the lady was wearing when she ran out after she tried to blow us up. It is just as you've described it to us, both right after the explosion and right now. Well, I believe we have found uh, our culprit as far as the explosion goes, and this definitely implicates her in the murders and the Going zones. Yes, and the threats upon Mr. King. Can I search the rest of the room? Yeah. But it's pretty dark here, which could affect your role unless one of you, you know, you could light the candles or something like that if you'd like. Um, yeah, I think Swifty is mostly standing guard, so he's going to light his lantern and drop it and then have a weapon out, even though. His little fingies are blistered and it hurts. Fingies. So, Gail, go ahead and make me a search roll, but I'm going to come back to you. Okay. And as you are searching outside of the room, Annabelle is standing there with flowers. And Annabelle, a, uh, the person that you met at the front door, walks around the corner, followed by uh, someone who looks like they mean business, and it's a manager, and she does not look happy. And she marches right up to you, and she said, I thought that my man here told you to wait in the lobby for me. If you upset Miss Lynn, you're going to hear, your your boss is going to hear from me. So I'm going to try to do my best um, somewhat loud when being accused of wrongdoing Karen voice. Um, that's going to be, well... <laughs> You know, my friends told me not to come in here, but I have to see Miss Lynn. It is unacceptable for you to treat me like this. I'm a patron. I have tickets for the show this evening, and that is unacceptable behavior. Who is your manager? And I'm going to try to be, like, shrill <laughs> for the boys to hear me. <laughs> she called us the boys again. <laughs> They're definitely going to hear you. Uh, and the manager, you know, starts to try to settle you down and looks at the, this other man and says, I thought you said that they were wardens. I thought you said that they showed you a badge. This person is just a 
a crazed fan, a lackey? Oh, no, 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 no. You misunderstand me. First of all, I do not appreciate your tone or being called crazed. That is unacceptable behavior. Second of all, I am a warden. And I'm going to pull it out. I am actually a medical professional. I'm here to see Miss Lynn at her behest. And your treatment of one of her care providers is unacceptable. And I'm going to stare them down and be like, so I wonder how Miss Lynn would feel about the way you're treating one of her health care providers. You are a good Karen. <laughs> Look, I've worked in retail for so long. <laughs> what kind of role? You can do a persuade, intimidate, uh, de deceit, or de uh, deceive. You can do any of those. But anything. we're going to come back to you. So. What was that? I said anything I want. <laughs> uh, any of those uh, social skills. I'd like to make yeah. a stunt role. <laughs> <laughs> you included all three of those all at once. So that was just impressive. <laughs> okay. So we'll come back to okay. that. Um, but you are going to lose a hit point. That's fine. Your burn, by the way. So uh, this is very tasking for you. Switching back inside, Gail, you're searching. What did you roll? Sixteen. You your shrill voices. What was it? Sixteen. Oh, sixteen. Okay. Yeah, uh, six. You start searching the room, and nothing necessarily seems out of place at first. But there is a little carpet on the ground, uh, or this rug on the ground. Excuse me. And you lift it up. You see something and you begin to pull it back and there is a blood stain on the floor of this dressing room. Swifty makes sure that his nose is not bleeding <laughs> through the carpet. It's like, that was not me, right? I, I don't. I, it, it looks like more than it would come from your nose. It appears Annabelle successfully staunched your flow. Uh, this must be somebody else's blood. It's not coming from your boot, is it, Fun? No. Oh, <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> uh, the boot appears to be waterproof. There is some sloshing going on inside of it, but nothing appears to be spilling out. We'll come back to you if y'all want to think about what you're doing here. What did you roll, Annabelle? An 11 on a Persuade. Mm -hmm. I don't see Intimidate on here anywhere, so. Okay, okay. Oh, it's Threatened, sorry. Uh, and then threatened, oh, okay. Sorry. No, my bad. I just didn't read. I looked for eyes and was like, oh, it's not there. I'm not going to look any further. Yeah, it's my bad. In <laughs> uh, 11, this person is starting to believe you but they just didn't they are not scared enough they're not you know buying it completely and they're just like well how about we go back to the lobby here and you can tell me where your friends are and i'll find miss lynn for you so I'm going to start storming down the hallway. Oh, we're going to go to the lobby. We are going to go to the lobby right now. I'm going to throw the floors on the ground and be like, this this is possibly the worst treatment of a medical professional. I'm going to just rant the whole way down the lobby to, to drag these people with me. And uh, when we get there, I'm going to explain to them that the boys told me not to go inside. I went inside anyways, and they were waiting outside when I left them. I don't know where they've gone off to, but they didn't follow me in. And we'll flip back to the rest of the group. Uh, boys. The boys. You're just on a blood stain on the carpet. You start hearing Annabelle yell, and you haven't heard her yell that much since uh, Gail shaved his head in the warden quarters <laughs> and left the hair there for three years. 
<laughs> and that was fully against regulation. Fully I don't know against. how that was allowed. Okay. Um, <clears throat> did we check into the closet, or did we just look at the closet enough to confirm that there was a, a dirty dress there? That you did look into the closet, and it's just lots of dresses. They seem to be primarily for performances. So can I uh, recollect back to the descriptions that were provided by the librarian of the vampire? Um, specifically, was there, I'm trying not to meta this, was there anything in that description that talked about whether or not they cast a reflection in mirrors, um, whether or not they can, you know, they'll trope things of turn into a bat, uh, those kinds uh, of markers. Um, you do not have anything about mirrors necessarily a bat, but you see some, there was some description in there. Maybe they, some of them have wings um, and could potentially fly if that's a concern. Like they can just suddenly morph out these wings. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead, Rick. No, you go ahead, Swifty. Uh, Swifty is remembering a piece of old world lit that he read while he was doing one of his researches called uh, concerning an opera house and that was haunted mm. uh, by a phantom. Mm. Uh, and he remembers that there are such a thing as two-way mirrors. And so he's going to be, he's like going around knocking on some of these mirrors to see if there's a hollow or like looking around to see if there are like smudge prints indicating that maybe there's a secret thing behind the mirrors. I really wish there were, man. Yeah, I, was, I was thinking like, should I just add that in? Cause it'd be cool. <laughs> I'm like, that, that might just lead the story in a <laughs> different direction. You start looking at this mirror. You yank it off the wall. Swiftly. you look behind Oops. it. It was, uh, adhered to the wall. Um, Sort of just have to lean it back against it. No awesome two-way mirrors here. I'd like to look at the carpet. Is there any blood on the top of the carpet? Like, is it possible this blood spot underneath it soaked through the carpet? Or does it look like the carpet has been pulled over to conceal the blood spot? I love that. You can have an adrenaline point. I think that's the second adrenaline point I've given you. I got to start giving everyone else. Yeah, if they just play better. Yeah, cool oh. two-way mirrors that the DM wishes. <laughs> <laughs> if you made it fit the story, man. Sorry, <laughs> man. Ahead of time. Uh, the blood is not soaked through the top, and as you're thinking about that font, no, you are a brainy, brainy guy here. You actually begin to think, you know. This rug doesn't quite fit. Like, maybe somebody, as you were saying, pulled it in the room to cover up the blood stain. You know, Gail, I'm not much of an interior designer, but it appears to me that, that this the design of this carpet doesn't fit the overall aesthetic of this room. Are you trying to say the carpet don't match the drapes? That's exactly what I'm saying, sir. Um, 
it appears that this was brought in specifically for the purpose of covering this blood spot. Um, can I tell how old the blood is? Like, has it, is it turned brownish with age or um, crusted over? Um, Damp. Would my survival? An assess roll. Uh, I'd love a yeah, assess Yeah, but roll. remember you're burnt. And if you make a skill roll, I could reduce it a bit more. He is not burnt. I am not burnt. I am I wounded, am burnt. though. Oh, oh, then you're fine, then. Um, and Gail also. You, I would allow a survive roll from Gail as well. Got an 18 on my assess roll. Been saving up the good rolls. I got 11. I got a rock. That's exactly uh, what I was thinking. <laughs> I didn't say it, though. <laughs> I got a rock. With an 18, you think that this blood stain is pretty recent. Not today by any means, but, um, you know, last couple of days, maybe. Last few days. This blood stain is... You know, you know, have you ever seen blood after a long time? It is, it loses its redness and turns brown. But, I mean, you can tell, by the way, this is dried up. That has not been in the last few hours, probably not even today. But you can also tell, because it's still retaining some of that red color, that it's just been in the last few days that this red blood spot has landed upon this floor and has been covered when was the when was when did the attack slash the stalking start? Three days. Oh, it happened well, the, even the, before. The most recent attack was about three days ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the most recent one was, but before that, I think it was. Uh, I'll check the. It was like two weeks. Yep, it was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Look at me. A little over a week Listen. ago. Look at that. I know. You'll do the recap next time. Well, I guess. It's right. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. <laughs> All right. The vanity. Are there typical vanity things there? Like makeup, brush. Stuff. Stuff. Perfumes. Weird bottles yep. of stuff. Spritzes. Yeah, weird stuff. Little powders. Stinky stuff, brushes. Swifty is going to recognize that there's a nice moisturizer on there, and he's going <laughs> to rub his, hand, <laughs> his hands. Gail is starting to get a little nervous because he heard Annabelle kind of making a commotion outside, and he's sizing up both of his compatriots to see if either of them would look similar in one of her dresses to her enough that we could slink out and not be bothered and probably coming to the conclusion that that's a terrible idea. <laughs> well, that's better where I thought. And he's so glad he didn't say it out loud to his <laughs> companions. I thought you were going the paranoid route with that, like you were trying to figure out well, were we one of them? <laughs> were we wearing the dress? <laughs> Would you wear a dress? It's the Spider-Man meme where you're all just pointing at each other. <laughs> All right, well, if you're ready to go find Annabelle and extricate her from having to care in her way out of the situation. One last check. There's no other way out of this room. Checking the back wall of the closet, looking at the floor underneath the rug, underneath the vanity or whatever for trap doors, that kind of thing. No way out of this room, uh, but if you go out in the hallway, you could head back to the lobby. But as I said, this also seems to go backstage, too. 
Now, Gail is just being timid. You may or may not want to actually leave right now. It's just he well, is getting kind of nervous. Well, I think we've experienced you know explored all the possibilities within this room but you know based on what we heard in the hallway annabelle is doing a wonderful job of of diversionary tactics and keep people away from us so i suggest we go the other way towards uh, the backstage area and see if we can't put eyes upon miss lynn that sounds good to me if gail is timid we could always you know split up even further fontenot and i can go backstage and you can go find find annabelle no i i think I, it would be better if i stayed with y'all i i, I okay. just don't want to be here right now it, it's kind of it kind of seems a little a little uh, uh you know uh, they okay. could be coming at any point in time they're gonna so figure we out we're the door here and she's standing right in front of us <laughs> um we'll flip back over to annabelle who is uh, or so you all you go out are you going to head backstage is that yes okay. okay so you all start to head towards the backstage going back over to annabelle annabelle you uh and the manager having words with one another and the manager looks at the person who i bought you in the front door and said uh, says alfred i'm gonna sit here with what's your name uh miss miss warden miss uh, annabelle crossley uh crossley will do uh, just fine thank you warden crossley thank you uh Alfred, why don't you go look for her compatriots and see if you can find them uh, and bring them so, back here. In typical Karen fashion, I'm going to interrupt him every time he starts talking. So you're gonna you're gonna tell me you're gonna tell, hold on. I'm not done. I'm gonna look at the security guard. I'm not done. You wait right there. So you're gonna tell me that you're going to impede my medical professional duty to your your client. And is that what you're gonna? No, you need to stay right there because I need a witness to this conversation. This is un. And I'm going to. Uh, no, are you going to tell me that that is if okay? If you calm down, we will find Miss Marguerite Lynn, and we will bring her. Oh, here at this point, it's no longer about Miss Lynn. This is about your duty to your people, to your staff. And as the the, the security guy keeps like, no, I need you to stay here as a witness because I do not feel safe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the manager waves somebody else down and says, uh, "There are three men wandering around the theater." Will you see if you can find any of them? Thank you. And then she shushes them away. You didn't say they're fine. They're listening to Kids Pop. <laughs> they're listening to Kids Pop. Um, no. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to get probably excessively loud at that point. I'd be like, oh, oh, okay. So I'm a liar. You're telling the truth. And, every, and I'm just going to start really just playing. I want everybody in the room focusing solely on me. Even if they leave, yeah. I want anybody who's around being like, what is wrong with this lady? Like... I want people peeking around corners. I want to get loud. Be like, this whole establishment and, is a sham. <laughs> and it's opening night and it's like starting to approach like 4 mm -hmm. p.m. So it's a couple hours out. But because it's opening night and because it has big stars, including this Marguerite Lynn, people are starting to line up outside and they're like looking in mm -hmm. the windows and seeing you chew the manager out. Yep. And the manager is starting to get a little bit anxious. And is like trying to move you aside. And I don't know if you're going with. No. Or if you're keeping, yeah, you're keeping your. Right Every there. time okay. he touches me, oh, do not put your hands on. Do not touch me. Unacceptable. Yeah. And I'm just going to keep going back. until I know anything different. 
And flipping back to the boys, uh, you can even hear down the hallway as we start to go backstage, just Annabelle going off on the manager here. Um, uh, when you head around the corner, you can tell that it's backstage just behind this large set. There are a couple of doors here. There's also some ropes and sandbags, etc., for the curtains. Um, there is a little uh, area that goes down and would go underneath the stage, for example. Um, and then there's also seems to be an exit on the far side of the backstage area that might take you up into the audience and seating area. Are hey. there other dressing rooms back here? Uh, the other dressing rooms are back in the hallway. Okay. Didn't they say something about vampires like a nest and trying to make a nest in a dark place somewhere familiar? I seem to recall that. What would y'all think? At that point, I assume the camera looks and we all just turn to look at the understage. What would y'all think about checking out under that trap door there? I sure. think that's wise. I was actually looking for a trap door back in the, uh, the, the dressing room because I thought, well, she's gone somewhere. It's not a bad idea. It's a... Uh... Well, after you, sir. <laughs> so I'm going to try to work the trap door and see if I can just pull it up. Mm -hmm. And it does pull up. And there's little steps that you can climb down uh, if you want. Or you could just jump down. It's not that deep. Swifty, let me borrow your lantern yep. for a minute. Here you go. So I grab his lantern. And I'm not going to jump down. I'm going to walk taking one step and then looking around and one step and looking around and one step and looking around. Has anybody noticed As that? you take these steps, ahead of you, this crawl space just seems to keep going. Um, like it's larger than you think, a bit more spacious down there. And you're slowly moving further and further away from your compatriots above you well i think as soon as he's out of eye shot i'm going down after him eye shot that's I was, not even I'd like word. my brain was trying to compliment i was like wait eye shot is that a thing i think it's a thing it's when with it it's now a thing eye shot. <laughs> it's in the manual okay ability. Yeah. <laughs> enemy uh, within eye shot <laughs> if so you can be eyesight. within earshot you can be within eye shot i like where you're I, going yeah thank you but nose shot. <laughs> That's a whole it's, other thing. It's considerably shorter distance. <laughs> but much more potent. Yeah. I will also follow them down, but I will do so more gingerly as the ankle is protesting a little bit as we descend these steps. I'm also moving so considerably slower. So you all begin to keep moving... And Gail, you're leading the way with your lant with Swifty's lantern, and there are these cobwebs down there. They start to stick to your face and your hair, and you brush them aside. And then, in above you, but in front of you, you hear the floorboards creak. And 
suddenly they begin to creak more quickly. They go above you and past you, and suddenly the trap door slams behind you, and you hear a clunk. Oh, man. I don't like that. But I'm the closest to the trap door. I will try to go back up the steps and see if the door can be pushed back open. You try to push it open, and something seems to be preventing it from opening. Like it's been jammed shut. Damn it, boys. We have fallen into a trap we have. Somebody has uh, moved a barricade over the trap door. We are stuck down here. Shall we begin screaming for help and hope that Annabelle hears us? Or shall we try to find another way out? Let's try and find another way out first. I mean, this passage seems to be going somewhere. Correct. So, So, uh, switching back to Annabelle really quickly. Annabelle, you're starting to worry about the boys because you've been distracting this guy for, or this woman, excuse me, for nearly like 15, 20 minutes here. You thought they were just going into the dressing room. You're sort of expecting they might have come back by now, and they're not. And the manager sent off people to find them, and these people haven't brought them back yet. So you're starting to get worried here. Okay. Um, So I guess I'm going to find myself a nice exit out of the conversation. Um, So something to the effect of, you know, like, okay, you've got your men looking for people who aren't in your building, by the way, um, and I'm still waiting for Miss Lynn. So is there a place that I can at least wait for Miss Lynn? Because I can see that you're trying to, you know, get opening. And I, and I you know, I'm tired of you creating the charade over in front of your patrons because that's really unprofessional of you. Um, is there a place that I can maybe privately wait for Miss Lynn to get away from you? Well, why don't you join me in my office? And she begins to gesture... Uh, behind the desk to this door behind the desk on the opposite side of where you were for the dressing rooms. And she begins to lead you toward it. Would it be possible for me to use the restroom before we go? Yes, but if you disappear, that's it. You're out of here. I don't care who your boss is. I don't care that you're a warden. You're out of this building. So you'll be right in there. I'm just going to use the restroom and I would not disappear. That is completely unprofessional. I am here to see a client. So I know you may not understand professionalism, but I do. And I'm going to go to the bathroom and um, linger and then (laughs) try to escape my way and disappear. Yeah. Do exactly (laughs) the opposite. I don't know if there's going to be like a bathroom, like secondary door, if there's a window. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bathrooms on my map, for some reason that I created, are on the. I'm pretty sure I put them on the second floor. Nice. It's like can't change it now. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, oh no, I didn't even. Oh yeah, I did put them on the second floor. Yeah. So you would. Uh, there's a flight of stairs that go up, uh, and as you go up, you can tell that this leads to uh, some box seats up here. Like these are some of the fancier seats in the building. Okay. And then there is a sort of private bathroom over here. The box seats, 
Um, I'm going to dip into one of those and I'm going to see how far down it is like to the next. So there are people up here cleaning, I will add. And so there is like a doorway and there are curtains covering the door for each of these box seats. And you can see people going in and out and trying to like make these box seats clean. Mm -hmm. Um, do you still want to try to go in and, and do this or what? How would you like to approach it? I'm gonna run in the bathroom and put all the toilet paper in a in a toilet and flush it and then go into one of the box seats. Do you know that your toilet is overflowing? I don't yeah, I guess it could it, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely flushing toilets in this area. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just guessing here, man. Yeah. Well, we and put them on the second floor. <laughs> and this person rushes into the bathroom here. And yeah, you have your way with this box seat. Okay. Um, is it scalable? Can I? Is there a way for me to like get myself down to the bottom floor? Uh, you think that if you leapt, it would be a like a twenty foot drop or something? But you might be able to scale your way down from this large sort of decorative curtain. Um, mm -hmm. I'm gonna take the decorative curtain. I have a size oh of God. zero, so I'm I'm kind of small, so I'm going to hope to best that I can just kind of slide down. So I will not make you do a stunt roll for climbing down this curtain, just because I feel really bad. What is your health at right now? Um, It's at a nine out of 12. Okay. Oh, so yeah. Not too bad. I'm good. Roll. I'm fine. Um, and so this would be athletics based, right? So she'll have a worst of two modifier? Thanks. Oh yeah. What? No, you're you're no longer wounded. <laughs> All right, but just I am burned. at a negative two to the stunt roll because of just my abilities. And I rolled a six, so a four. So you start going down the curtain, but it's actually a lot harder than climbing down a rope. <laughs> And all of a sudden, the curtain just collapses with you in it, and it falls on top of you. Nice. But you are now in the um, in the seats, sort of like the the nose bleeds, mm -hmm. the eye bleeds, the ear bleeds. I don't know. Um, and uh, these sort of angle downwards and orient themselves toward the stage. All right, I'm booking it straight for whatever side of the stage has. Uh, there's always like a stage exit, like, you know, stairwell. I'm going straight for that to try to dip behind the curtain, take off backstage. Okay, yeah. And you can actually do it from either side here, but you can pop up the stage and, um, and uh, go around backstage here. Yep. Let's switch over to the boys. Uh, you boys are walking through this small passageway and suddenly it comes to an opening and it sort of just opens up. You are entirely beneath the stage now. You can see these support beams that are holding up part of the backstage area, but you are completely under the stage, still not seeing an exit over here. Looking above me, are there any is there any light coming in from the ceiling? Like maybe there are trap doors that lead to the stage for purposes of showmanship. 
Right, trick door or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're looking around, and you do see little outline of light going around. Some floorboards here. Gentlemen, I believe that might be a trapdoor that leads up onto the stage. Perhaps if uh, one of you were to, I don't know, allow me to boost you up. Uh, I can try. All right. Would you like me to just like, like get down on all fours and you stand upon my back to get the extra, or are you just gonna leap up there? Just put out your hands and link them together and I'll try to put my boot in and try to lunge up real quick. All right, then. I'll take my lantern back and just hold that while this is all going on. And I'll interlace my fingers and give him that, you know, we've all done it. <laughs> and Gail, you are able to push open the trap door. And as you do, Annabelle is standing directly above you backstage. Jesus! <laughs> Get out of that hole right now! We're trying. I'm gonna start grabbing him by like shoulder. Get out! Get out of there! I'm very uh, furious. Uh, Miss Annabelle, is that you? I hear it's so good to uh, hear your voice. Um, one second, Swifty, you want to? I'll give you a boost up, and you should go next. No, I'll I'll boost you up. All I'll right. be the last. I'll lean down and try to give them a hand up. And you all slip up to the backstage here. My mind is very As keystone copish. That's <laughs> piling up out of this thing. <laughs> As you pile up on stage here, you can hear some voices coming out from the audience area and saying, uh, like talking about this curtain, which seems to have fallen, <laughs> this decorative curtain. And then they say, have you seen anybody over here? Where uh, There are three, maybe four people They've managed to sneak uh, sneak into the dressing room area, and now one of them's disappeared. They're supposed to be at the bathroom, and you can hear people talking. And say, uh, you hear, you know, they say, you know, so show is starting soon. We're going to begin letting people in, so we got to find them. And you can sort of hear them beginning to sweep the seats area. Looking I, sug I suggest we head back to the dressing room. So is there like backdrop curtains and side curtains on the stage that we can quickly get behind yeah. before anybody sees us? Mm-hmm. So back, back to the dressing rooms, you say, Swifty? You want to check the other rooms out? Or Swifty is, is remembering section 14 of the manual. It is time to go undercover. Is there like a rack of uh, like quick yeah, change costumes? costumes? nearby oh yeah yeah definitely so i'm grabbing like and, a giant coat and a hat and tossing it on putting my hair up in the hat i'm like change clothes everybody right now right now all i'm finding is showgirl outfit put, the, put it on figure it out put it on uh i don't know what the the theme or you know artistic vision of the black dog is but swifty is going to go for the most inappropriate costume <laughs> yeah well it's sort of like uh it's sort of Faustian, so it's probably not too different from what you all wear on a normal basis. Lots of like robes and uh, those. Can Swifty has a Can Swifty has a founder's wig, like a powdered yeah. wig? Yep. Okay. Cool. I'll just find a hooded robe. 
but gentlemen, we, we are in a, a bind because if these people find us, we are in huge trouble. Swifty, the amount of paperwork for even for you would be upsetting. I promise you, you do not want the reprimand that will come from our superiors after what I had to do in that office. So I would suggest we either find a way out or find an answer relatively quickly. What was the manager like? Swifty is asking as we are trying to... Like. Um, very upset with us for having come in, specifically me. Um, very concerned about their actress and um, genuinely kind of nice. I, I hate how to do it. Um, so, yeah, they we were not happy. At the Swifty moment. is concerned by that blood stain, and we know that this shapeshifter, or we know we. Mr. Nash indicated that he was attacked by a woman that we later found dead, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm a little worried that Marguerite is killed, killed. Uh, or at least wounded somewhere. And the manager seems to be the only other person of authority that we've spoken to. Did they have any, like, what, what was their physical description like, Swifty? I'll recant it in it such up. a voice that sounds almost exactly like Asa. Okay. Sexy. <laughs> all right. Nice. Because we all they also could not produce Marguerite Lynn. It's true. But they well, didn't seem at all like wary of me being, you know, in contact with Miss Lynn. If they were, well, you know pretending to be Miss Lynn, they would obviously have been very, like, no. <laughs> Unless they know that they have already dispatched poor Miss Lynn. And That's true. Miss Lynn's not around, so voices, they want that word. You hear uh -huh. voices beginning to come in your direction. They seem to be heading towards backstage. Okay, let's go to her Marguerite's dressing room again. Yep. And as you turn into the hall, um, it is a bustle. Actors are now going in and out of their dressing rooms. They're clearly getting ready. And you can hear, even from down the hall, it sounds like they started to let people in and that people are beginning to grab their tickets and might even be beginning to be seated soon here. Y'all think we should get some seats? Get some popcorn? I mean, I thought our plan was to talk to her before the performance. Well, but... we tried that. We can't find her nowhere. Okay, yeah. Then let's let's uh, get ourselves... Because we if, do have tickets. What if we arrested her during the performance? Then she'd have to talk to us. That would be very dramatic, <clears throat> too. I like that. A, a touch of the theatrical. A touch. Maybe they'll think it's part of the show. Right. <laughs> Are we sure we want to make a scene? <laughs> Always. Oh, I'm just trying to figure out why you had your hood on. I just remember because we got into costumes. I did a midstream costume you change. You did, and yeah. I did not That's notice good. it until just it. this moment. You said a hooded robe and everything. It's beautiful. It's great. All right, so let, let's let's get ourselves to the, the ticket lobby and produce our tickets. And I don't know that that's a great idea. We'll avoid the view of the manager, hopefully. They're not the only one looking for us. <laughs> okay, and well, they don't we... know what we look like. Just you. That's fair. As we pass Miss Lynn's dressing room, you do see a note left by one Mr. Hamilton King, and it said, I stopped by 
uh, before the before the performance, and I and you were not here. Please call upon me at your earliest convenience, Mister Hamilton King. Mm, okay. Hmm. Well, we can't find Miss Lynn. We think she is either the culprit or is the connection to the culprit. Yeah. If we're going to see Miss Lynn, well, she would be in the play. Yep. And if she's not in the play, then the, the manager has a lot bigger problems than us. So. But if she's not in the play, Mr. King could already be dead somewhere. This is true. He what, was, is he here? He left like, a can note. Can we see him? And you he, haven't seen him yet, but he left a note. And Swifty, you're very familiar with this handwriting from all that paperwork. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and the way he makes those Ks. Um, very distinct. Signed his name. You know that's him. All right. So we'll go. We'll get our tickets. We'll get our seats. And then Swifty wants to. I assume he has his own box. So I'm going to like scan the boxes to make sure that he's there. Um. So you cannot see the boxes from where you're currently at. Oh, you're saying when you go grab your seats, you'd like to Right, when we get our seats. Yeah. Yeah, so you go out to that main lobby area, and like we said, it's it's packed at this point in time. People are coming in, and you're all sort of, you know, hiding your faces a little bit. You do see the manager, Annabelle, and she is just yelling at some people. And um, would you all like to go up to the ticket counter and then start uh, – uh, trying to go to your seats here. Yes. Yes. I'm. Yeah. As we go, I'm going to stop by one of the tables and pick up one of the like uh, playbills mm -hmm. that they always have. Be very invested in my playbill. <laughs> and uh, as you pass by, you hear the manager saying something about uh, find her, and then something about Marguerite. Or Miss Lynn. It's a little vague, maybe. And you all continue into the playhouse and grab your seats. Uh, they aren't the nicest seats, but you have been given them. And Swifty, as you sit down and people begin to file in around you, you look up behind you and uh, the curtain that once had been toppled is now pulled back up. And uh, next to one of those boxes is Mr. Hamilton King himself. Um, he is sitting in the box, uh, and um, he seems to have somebody at his side that from the household, um, perhaps uh, Bo Preston or somebody who is there to assist him. I, I try and catch his eye. He does not seem to be looking down at you. He Is he um, clearly alive? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he's clearly okay. he's clearly alive. I just want to make sure it's not like a corpse setting, propped there. up in a coat, <laughs> right? Sunglasses yeah. on. Weekend at Bernie's yeah. three. Right. Yeah. Let's take they him to Bernie the theater. Do you all want to do anything as you are getting assembled here for the uh, for the show, or are you happy to wait for the lights to fall and the play to begin? I think we're I think happy, happy for the lights to fall. Yep. So there are these gaslit lamps that sort of line the playhouse and all of them suddenly uh, are, are being dimmed and turned down. 
and only the lights at the front of the stage remain. And on stage, a man is sitting, or a man comes out and sits down at this desk and delivers this monologue, something about how all these types of scholarship and blah, blah, blah that he's done are all in vain. This goes on for a few minutes. The play uh, continues. He gets up and now there's a street scene and he begins to walk her down the street and this little black dog follows him. It's the name of the show, The Black Dog. And eventually it comes up to a scene still pretty early on here in the play where the, uh, the main actress, Miss Marguerite, Marguerite Lynn is supposed to come on stage and you can tell that the main actor is confused and he repeats a line, which is clearly her cue to come on stage. And she doesn't come on stage and everyone in the audience begins to murmur. At this point, Swifty, who has been following the play very keenly, because this is his first play, gets up from his seat and walks onto the stage. Oh, God. And tries to be a character that he thinks would fit in this moment. <laughs> and he, I think he's pretending to be like a, the page or the servant of the of the Marguerite character who's, who's not there. And he's like, uh, yes. Pulls out his playbill. Uh, what's, what's her character's name? Uh... <laughs> It would be Marguerite, I guess, in the actual play. So we'll say something. Uh, her name is Catherine. Uh, Cynthia. 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 Uh, Miss Cynthia is currently indisposed. That's oh. a good black dog. And then Swifty looks out at the audience. That's the name of this play. <laughs> yes, this black dog just followed me home. What could it mean, my? Page. <laughs> well, my grandmother was a seer, a great teller of fortunes, and I'm going to get down next to the dog and I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to pet it and give it a little jostle, and I'm like, I think he means death. <gasps> and the actor gasps, and he's just trying to go along with it, what you the know. Heck? Yes, and, and then he gasps, and death Cynthia, and, say, oh, go ahead. Misfortune. Dun, dun, dun. As you look up, Swifty, and say misfortune, mm -hmm. you look into Hamilton King's box, and you gasp as you <gasps> see Miss Marguerite Lynn poke her head out behind the curtain and begins to sneak up behind Mr. Hamilton King. Swifty throws the dog to the actor, <laughs> whips out his bow, and just shoots. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. And then we'll begin vigilance, or we'll begin combat here, and we're going to go in vigilance order. So um, so let's start with that shot. Go ahead and make a range roll. This is pretty far away. Um from okay. the storyline, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm loving it. I'm a it's a nat 20, baby. Nice. Swifty's like, I don't see plays. It's a nat 20, so that's a 24. 
Oh my god! <laughs> when it counts, Swifty said, "I don't see plays; I act in them." <laughs> also, I think I I take a wound for making that shot, right? Yeah, or not a wounded At point. I take a damage, right? What is the range on your bow? First, I don't want to take a net twenty from you. Uh, it is 60 feet. You are fine. Your arrow slings through the air, and right as Miss Marguerite Lynn is about to grab Mr. Hamilton King, the arrow thuds into her chest. Go ahead and roll your damage. You get to roll twice the dice. Nice. Okay. Did you just dice. sling an arrow of outrageous fortune? I did. So this is going to be 4d4 plus 3. That's 1. 3 is 4. 2 is 6. And 1 is 7 plus 3, 10. Okay. He's 10 damage. And then Swifty will yell, Look out, Mr. King! Alrighty. This is all part We're of the going plan. In vigilance order now. <laughs> and... The way it's going to go is uh, actually, Gail, first I'm going to need you to roll a, uh, make a vigilance roll. You have the same vigilance as Miss Marguerite Lynn here has. Nice. What'd you get? He's still adding his bonus. 14 plus 115. Hmm. Unfortunately, Miss Marguerite Lynn is going to go first. The, uh, so the order is going to go Marguerite Lynn, Gail, Swifty, Annabelle, and Fontenot, um, covering up the rear, keeping her vigilance orders from her first game here. Uh, the arrow thuds into Miss Marguerite Lynn's chest, and you can see wait. blood begin to spill Hold out on. on a new dress that wait, she is wearing. Wait. Should I have used what? my watchful best of two modifier on that vigil vigilance? No, one? not on that one. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and blood begins to sort of spread out from the wound here. And Miss Marguerite Lynn grabs on to Mr. King. And uh, those of you who can see, you all have your heads turned. Uh, there's like this blurry thing coming out, like a, I don't know like an ethereal proboscis. You never thought you'd hear that word. Tonight. Never. Uh, and it seems to be like sort of be sucking like the soul or something out of Mr. King here. And Mr. King has just taken a ghastly arrow. Where is he? My goodness, where did it go? I think this probably means he's fine. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Not ominous in the slightest. And uh, Mr. King here. Uh, something is clearly happening to Mr. King, and uh, he does not seem to be enjoying it. He begins to scream. But he's still alive. Up next is Gale. So I've... Gail, you were about uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, uh, 25 feet away from the base of the uh, boxes, and then it's 20 feet up, um, and climbing takes half of your distance if you'd like to do that. 
Or you could go back and up the stairs. What would you like to do here, Gal? Bro, you got the distance taken. He's, he's, he's the speedy one, right? Right. I was going to say earlier while he thinks on that, does anybody realize how much he is like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo? He's super fast. He's scared. He's really driven by food. <laughs> but he doesn't have a dog companion. That's yeah. you guys. Yeah, that's true. Just saying. I will start moving. Does it look to be significantly shorter up the ladder? Uh, so there, there's either stairs up the back or it's you have to climb a curtain. And that would take your action to climb that, uh, that curtain because it's a tough one. Um, and it's 20 feet up. Would I roundabouts know how long the stairs would take? Um, you haven't gone back there yourself okay. yet. I'll time. climb then. Climb it. So you've got a ton of movement here. Like I said, 25 feet up. Um, are you going to sprint, sprint as your blitz action here? I have to have so, my action to climb. So you can have, in your turn, you can move, you can have an action, and you can have a blitz action. So that's what you can do here. Then I'll do that. Okay. So 25 feet, and then you're going to sprint. Are you going to, if you're going to climb, you need to make a stunt roll here. If you fail, that curtain comes down again. It's a 19. Nice. You begin to climb the curtain. So I think you have 65 movement total if you add your sprint, is that correct? Yes, sir. 25, that's twice the movement to climb. So you get up to the top of the box. You're not quite in the box, but your head is poking out over the box at this point in time. Okay. Up next is Swifty. Uh, so Swifty is standing on stage cutting a very dramatic figure uh, and shouting, it's all part of the show. <laughs> and then I will shoot at Marguerite Lynn again. And Marguerite Lynn has half cover now at this point in time because uh, she is like holding Mr. King against her. So if right. you miss. Well, I'm not going to. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and say 10. it. Nat 20. No. How about a 10? 10. Uh, that's okay enough where you're, you're going to miss. Um, it's not going to hit Mr. King here, but it is going to stick into the side of the box. Okay. I do have a blitz action as an attack, so I'm going to shoot again. Okay. So the blitz attack, it's disadvantage though. Yep. All right. So my first roll is a 14. So that's 18. Mm -hmm. And my second roll is a 10. So that's 14. Nice. A 14. Uh, 14 hits, 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 <laughs> does hits. not hit. Oh. Boom. Okay. Uh, but it's extremely close to hitting. I'll give you a hint here. So it just whizzes by the, by Marguerite Lynn's head. So you were so close to getting her. Anything else? Are you staying up on stage? I'm staying up on stage and I'm telling everyone, remain calm. You launch two arrows into the crowd. 
people are gasping and screaming. Some people begin running towards the exits. Other people are just fascinated and pointing at this fine figure that you are cutting on right. stage. I'm like, it's all progressive theater. It's just, it's, it's interactive. <laughs> Says a person has never been to a play before. I've read Annabelle. about them. You were up next. Annabelle, you're about 25 feet away from the base of the, uh, of the boxes here, or you can go up around and through the stairs. Um, I am going to go up around to the stairs. I will not brave the curtain again. Okay. And it's going to take you a while to get there, oh, yeah. though. So. Yeah, uh, it is. Total, how many feet can you move? Uh, well, normally 15. Oh, you still can't remember your wounded thing. Uh, yeah, not down. wounded anymore. Oh, perfect. Still 15. <laughs> yeah. Still not oh. 10, 15. Who's counting? <laughs> and uh, so you start moving. You're almost to the base of the box there, but it's looking a little bit rough. Is there anything else you want to do? You can you got range weapons, take a wild shot. I'm not going to take a wild shot. I don't want to hit Mr. King. I am going to brandish my rifle. But I'm not going to take a shot until I have a little closer shot. Okay. And up next is Fontno. You're in the same situation here, Fontno. Yeah. Um, what, what's my distance to... Marguerite. Same as Annabelle. 25 feet to the base of the box. From there, you could climb up, or you could try to go around and up the stairs. Straight line distance for purposes of uh, melee. I'm sorry, ranged weapon. Oh, gotcha. For ranged weapons, um, it's like 30 feet. Okay. Um, I'm just going to... I know I move slow. I got a little bit of a limp right now. I see that Annabelle is heading up the stairs to cover the door into the box. I see Gail going up. Uh, I am just going to set my feet and we'll pull my, uh, my pistol and two hands steady. And I'm going to spend all of my turn just to make a really good aim and take a shot yeah, so you can aim as a blitz action. That gives you a plus one uh, to your roll here. And then, yeah, your shot is your ranged roll. Okay. Natural 20. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. Add a font now. Beautiful. I have rolled fours, fives, threes, you and were sevens it. for three episodes. <laughs> it hits. Go ahead and roll your damage. Why don't you, and then you can describe what happens. Well, I'll let you know first if, she, if she's going down. That is a four on a 1d4. Give a four. Right, roll a second d4. Roll it twice. And that's a three. Seven. Nice. So you said a four and a three, is that what mm -hmm. you said? Seven. Do you get any pluses? Uh, not on uh, on firearms, unfortunately. Oh. It's the ones that require like. manual. Uh, 
Go ahead and describe it. She's still alive here, but she's not looking good. Yeah, so just feet shoulder-width apart, bring my gun up, two hands. I'm remembering part of our training and lining it up, getting everything, keeping my elbows bent, and taking a shot. There's Mr. King's a little in the way, so quick uh, breath in and then slowly release the breath as I pull the, the trigger aiming uh, for her head. And you said for her head in yeah. particular. And it hits and it disfigures her face. And all of a sudden her face begins to form back again. If I had any movement left, I'd take a step back. <laughs> what the... Alrighty. Up next. She sees Gail's head poke out over the balcony. She's just taken a shot to the face. Or she could get her revenge on Hamilton King. Or she could play whack-a-mole. <laughs> she brings Hamilton King over to the very edge of the balcony. No. And you see her begin to suck the soul out of him again. So I've got to do math. But he is still conscious and he just looks dazed, like, like almost paralyzed or incapacitated. But he is still alive. And she tumbles over the edge of the balcony. But below her is Annabelle. Would you like to try to do anything in the last ditch effort here, Annabelle? Yeah, I, I would. Um, so do I, I, I'm assuming my main option is to like outstretch hands, trying to catch an overweight man. He's just a little bit bigger than Pogo. <laughs> You've done this That's before. It's true. Um, is it possible? Am I close enough to the curtain to grab like the bottom of the curtain and create like a, a roll down oh. tarp type deal? Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. And that's an adrenaline point for you. Although maybe it's a little late. A little late, but I'll take it. You can use it as you pull that curtain. I you win. Can I the win. Best of two here. And you got to make me a stunt roll to hold that curtain top. Okay. And I'm going to use it so I can have my best of two because my stunt roll is not good. <laughs> um, I'm at a negative two to stunt roll, so... Um, best of it was a 18 minus two, a 16. Solid. You see this large man tumble over with a beautiful Marguerite Lynn on his back and they begin toppling through the air. You pull the curtain tight. They fall into the curtain. You can feel it begin to slip out of your hands. You just dig in your feet and out of nowhere, Bones comes up behind oh, you as you begin yes. to slide. I don't know where he came That's from. That's my good boy. Bites onto the tuchus of your pants and pulls oh. you backwards. 
and you're able to hold it tight and Hamilton King lands safely, completely dazed, as does Marguerite Lynn, though. And she looks up at you and hisses at you, which is peculiar. And then all of a sudden her facial features begin to melt. And basically she doesn't have an eye or doesn't have any nose or mouth, just a set of eyes here. And that is going to be the end of the Etrange's turn, because that is what an Etrange looks like. And up next is going to be Gail. Gail, you just climbed up to the top of this balcony and then it leaps down <laughs> right there. What would you like to do? Ride the rest of the cars <clears throat> down too. Oh, Elbow cool. from the top rope. I think that's where I'm going with this. I would like to do a flying body press off of the balcony onto the tranche's back. Like a squirrel. Yes, exactly. Yeah, make me a stunt roll. That's like a maneuver here. And do you want to just like tackle her? Do you want to deal damage to her? What's the plan? The main goal is tackle, subdue, hold. But the first is to knock down. Like, we can try to hold later if this is successful. That's a 15 plus 2, 17. And you are able to grab her, and she has this immense strength, and it feels like like you knock her down, and you're trying to grab her too. It feels like she's going to squeeze out of it, but then you're also able to restrain her. So she is now like on the ground and being restrained by you. Yeah, yeah. I got her for a second, but I'm going to need help. Audience begins, like, again, it's like panicking. At this point in time, people have leapt off the balcony. You know, Annabelle has caught them. The audience is now almost completely fleeing uh, the, uh, the, st- uh, the seats here. Up next is going to be Swifty. So I assume I don't have a line on the etrange anymore that's correct no more all right so i'm gonna hop down from the stage am i able to get through the aisle or actually actually i Um, i am not gonna hop down from the stage i'm going to jump onto the seats and i'm gonna run across the tops of the (laughs) seats it's the really cool man you gotta let him so that I can then get there faster without having to deal with people who I assume are like clogging up the aisles. Okay. Go ahead and make me a stunt roll to do that too. Lots <laughs> That's like stunt rolls. <laughs> you know, it'd be Lots cool. Lots of stunt rolls tonight. Everyone's just trying to do crazy, crazy yeah. stuff. It'd be cool if what I had an we... adrenaline point. <laughs> <laughs> you can have Thank you. an adrenaline Thanks. point for it, Swifty. I'm going to I'm going to spend it to do this. Uh, so I got a 17. You succeed. You look badass and the few people are still like in like there's just like this dad and his son that who came to watch and they're just pointing at you and the kid's mouth is wide open. Whoa. Gooseberry for some reason is in the audience and he uh, and he's like clapping and okay. You run across the seats. Uh, how far can you move? Uh, so I can move 30, and I have a sprint of 20 if I need it. 
Wow. Parkour. You are parkour. So yes. Swifty <laughs> is shouting parkour as he does all of this. And you are able to get up to Gale, who is holding down the Atronge here. Can I can I drop down and like assist? Can I just like lend my body weight to that? Yeah, you definitely can. I will do that. Annabelle. I just imagine that kid in the front row is like, Dad, I'm going to be an actor when I grow up. <laughs> He's so impressed. So um, do you all want to come out of combat order here, or do you want to do something special, Annabelle? I'm only, I'm going to be training my rifle at her face. I'm not going to take the shot, but I'm, I'm, I am fully down the barrel at her. I so. think we are trying to arrest, right? That's the goal. Yeah, but in the event of escapage, there will be a bullet to the face. <laughs> Fair. Fair, so, I fair. If there's no I'm not going to take any action other than deterrent. <clears throat> what about you, Fontenot? Uh <clears throat> I think you said it was twenty five feet there. Mm-hmm. So sprint I, I would need to use I've got twenty movement and five sprint. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, what I wanted to do was get there and Use my manacles, which I have as an equipped item. Nice. Um, there we so, go. Uh, and try to slap the slap the cuffs on her. Yep. Go ahead and do it. That's right. And do you have the instructions for the manacles? I might have put them somewhere. I think it's click click. As an action, while equipped, you can attempt to a restrain and remover. Right. Which is another stunt roll because we didn't have enough of them tonight. So go ahead and make yeah. a stunt roll. Okay, and I feel like I'm probably even though she's already restrained. I'm extremely bad at stunt. Yeah, and... I'll give you best of two because she's already restrained. Yeah, cool. Right, like Swifty is sitting on her legs. Gail's got got her arms bound up. All right, the best of two was 16. I have nothing in stunt, so it's a minus one, makes it a 15. Yeah, you easily slap those cuffs on her. And all of a sudden, her face, which is sort of that blank, uh, eyes only begin to shift. And you see a woman with black curls. You see Abner Nash's face with the scar going across it. And then she looks at you, Swifty, and all of a sudden, your own face appears on hers. Swifty takes out his manual and literally throws it at her. And is like, ma'am, you are under arrest for impersonating an officer, <laughs> impersonating an actress, for arson, for attempted murder, for probable murder, and for definite murder. And for blowing us up. Yeah, that was the arson part. Um... So you literally threw the book at her. Literally threw I the did. book at her. I literally threw the book at her face. And the last thing here is when you see her take on your face, your own face, you would normally make a resolve roll. But let's move on <laughs> to the epilogue here because her face continues to shift. And the last face that uh, it comes back to is Miss Marguerite Linz. So... It appears that you have arrested Miss Marguerite Lynn. 
So how, as we're wrapping up this story, how do you explain this when you take her back to the warden quarters? Can I just say before we go back to the warden quarters that I imagine that the manager does come back at some point and I'm going to look at them and I'm going to just, just so poignantly told you so and keep walking. <laughs> I just, I need the manager to know I was right and like they were wrong. Thank you for all of your assistance, ma'am. You've been a great help. Flip over the bird as we walk away. Um, so I assume we get back to, we make sure that Mr. King gets some medical attention, however that may turn out for him. Um, we get back to the supervisors and we explain to them that this is, uh, Latrange and that she had been impersonating Miss Lynn. We do not know if she is the original Miss Lynn or if Miss Lynn has been somehow dispatched. We let them know about some investigation that needs to happen around possible crime scene in the theater. Um, explain that this Latrange is probably making a nest in the depots and when Mr. King began his construction of that area disturbed the nest and therefore there was a vendetta put against him by this creature who slowly made their way into his life, stalking him, taking out his personnel with the intention of taking him out and ceasing the destruction of their home. I'm assuming. Is everybody with me on that? Yep. That was impressive. I'll sign off on that thing. story. Cool. Um... <laughs> Here's the thing, though. They are not going to believe you that she is in a tranche. We got an entire theater full of witnesses who will attest to the fact. They have seen Miss Marguerite Lynn leap from the balcony and attempt to kill Mr. King. Rumor has it that uh, he was harassing her Mm -hmm. and... She got sick of it and snapped after he left a note on her dressing room door asking her to call upon him after numerous refused advances. Quick question. When we ran about, when we read about the, the Latranges, did it say approximately how often they need to feed? It did not say, but um, yeah, yeah, it did not say. Yeah, it was vampires that gave us a, a more exact feeding schedule. So yeah. I suggest that we hold her in custody for several days until this can be cleared up. And my hope is that she will get hungry and her little ethereal proboscis will come out. I I think keeping her in custody for several days should be no problem. Uh, That's right, uh, because Swifty's already filed the the murder, attempted murder paperwork, you know, like... There there are a lot of things going... Disrupting a theater performance. There are all kinds of crimes that we can charge her with. Yeah, Mr. King's possible... uh, Stalking aside, there's more than enough evidence for us to charge Miss uh, Marguerite. For instance, you've got the eyewitness testimony of no less than four wardens that she was, in fact, at the depot and caused the explosion in an attempt to uh, take our lives. We have the the testimony of Abner Nash, who can attest that she attacked him, and uh, whether it was justified or not, um, vigilante justice on her part to uh, dispatch poor Mr. King is still against the law in these parts. So That's right. It's for a jury to decide. A tranche jury... or not a tranche, Miss Marguerite 
deserves to be in jail. And that is what the printers or the papers will print here, that Miss Marguerite Lynn has uh, attacked the illustrious Mr. Hamilton King and has been arrested. Mr. Hamilton King receives you all and said, uh, and at his manner once more and says to you, that was excellent work. Uh, he doesn't even seem shocked. He just says, I can't believe that I had such a beautiful stalker. I am overjoyed with the work that you have done. And he just hands you bag after bag of coin. And he says, how would you all like a job? Doing what? Yes. Well, the Providence Company doesn't just do business here in New Orleans. We've also opened up some business in the abandoned city of St. Louis. There's a small pioneer town across the river known as Meacham. And there people are going into the ruins and scavenging for old technology. We need somebody who can escort some very important members of the Providence Company and take them up to St. Louis for us. Will this be catered? <laughs> I noticed on your bedside table there were several meats, and it appears summer sausage. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you all the socks full of sausage that you could imagine. You see, you'll be paid extremely well, and there will be plenty of food, Mr. Warden Powers. You said uh, ancient tech and artifacts. I'll look at my compadres. I, sir, will accept your offer. Sounds good to me, too. I am getting a little hungry. Swifty? Oh, uh, my work is here, sir. I appreciate the offer, but uh, the city of New Orleans needs me. But imagine how much paperwork you could do in a whole new place. There hadn't I, been the I first know, sheet filled out there. I know this paperwork, and I love it. I can't leave it. Not yet. I'm going to look at Fontenot and Gale and look up all the cuts and bruises and bum legs and be like, well, shit, I guess I'm going too. Well, the adventures have just begun. I'm certain. I just feel it in my bones that when we get to St. Louis, we shall discover our arch enemy. N no, that's a fracture, dear. What you're feeling in your bones. <laughs> I, am, I am feeling a little wobbly. <laughs> Perhaps I should sit down and shut up. And I have one last bit of an epilogue here. Swifty, one day you go back to the office. You're sharpening your pencils for paperwork. And one of your colleagues comes up to you at your desk. And, you know, this is maybe a couple of weeks later, I guess, um, the colleague comes up to you and says, did you hear the news? No. Miss Lynn seems to have escaped from prison. When, when they arrived, one of the guards was in her cell. <laughs> she had escaped. And, the, and must have entrapped the guard in there instead. Swifty 
smashes his hand down on the table and goes, Lynn! And then the camera cuts out to outside of the precinct, and you can still hear him shouting, Lynn! <laughs> a, pay, a printer just furiously printing in the background. <laughs> and that is all that I have for... Yeah, uh, for you as a group here. Although maybe we could reassemble back in uh, St. Louis sometime. Maybe when the new book comes out, I might. I would love that. I I would love that. Please, thank you. Awesome. And maybe there will be a return of Miss Marguerite Lynn or some such in a future Swifty adventure as well. Um, his new arch nemesis, who started his acting career. I, I thought it was impeccably done. Alex, as you improved Swifty, improving an actor <laughs> on the stage, it was just—it was Very brilliant. Inception. Swiftception. In another life, I think that would have been Swifty's dream. If he hadn't discovered paperwork, I think trotting the boards would have been. A I had I him. had so hoped that the whole like audience was going to be like dumbfounded and still because after we took care of her I was just going to start like the slow clap <laughs> and like see if I could get them to like give her a standing ovation and be like theater. I should have done that. I was like, please, Barry would have joined in on that. He'd have been like, good show. <laughs> I'd have been like elbowing Gail. Really He'd be like, what? Bad, the old man. Yeah, I was like, I was hoping they killed her before my turn so that I could start the slow clap. Well, so that whole last scene was <laughs> so cinematic and so epic. I enjoyed every bit it of it, beautiful. along with all of the game. Love the love the system, love the setting. Um, thank you, Asa, for running it for us, and thank you, Asa and Alex, for creating that thing and being here with us. Um, so next up is is back roads. Um, we've you've mentioned a little bit about it, handed some about it, but um, we've got a couple minutes here before our end time. So why don't you give the folks out there a little more of a teaser about it? Yeah. So whereas uh, Backwater is set in a ward uh, in uh, in the deep south here, and primarily set in New Orleans, Backroads is set in St. Louis, which is an abandoned city in the outskirts or of the American lands which just means outside of civilization proper. It's sort of like pioneer life, um, uh, you might think of it. And there is a boom town set up across the river from the abandoned city of St. Louis, where people are going into the old city, digging into its ruins and pulling out old technologies. Uh, people will sort of dungeon delve uh, throughout different parts of the city, uh, exploring actual real world places perhaps, uh, discovering ancient technologies and a little bit about what happened to the old world and the apocalyptic event that occurred. Um, there are four new character archetypes that you can choose from and a whole list of items that are sort of built in this pretty new tech savvy, uh, tech savvy, savvy city here, as well as an array of new monsters, etc. And animal companions. Extra animal companions. Yes. The big fun one. Um, have we finished the Meacham adventure yet? Is that Have we got that? Can I preview yes. that a little bit? Sure. Yeah, so, the Meacham... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. 
Yeah, so there is a special adventure for uh, people who uh, grab back roads right now before our pre-order ends, and it'll come with it. This special adventure or adventure um, follows something that happened at the very uh, founding of the Boomtown Meacham, which is named after a is I'm trying to remember Colonel Meacham or Commander Meacham, yeah. who uh, had taken a group of explorers and disappeared into the ruins, never to be found again. It picks up in the present day as they find a notebook, which uh, turns out to be uh, Mr. Meacham's journal, detailing what they were up to when they last disappeared. And some big companies in the area are interested what Meacham was on the trail of and will hire your crew of adventurers to delve into the ruins and track down the lost uh, group of adventurers. Yeah, we, the, it's sort of envisioned as like, this is a Croatoan type situation mm -hmm. almost, you know, like there's some big treasure that they were looking for, but a big army went missing. And so there's, this is like the founding myth slash the founding sort of mystery that people are trying to suss out. Meacham is sort of like a heroic martyr figure that uh, everybody wants to know what happened to him. So you guys might figure it out. And nice. Do the player characters um, still take on the role of wardens in, in, in Backroads as well? They can, um, but we call them, primarily call most of the characters scavers in the Backroads book, which is short for scavengers, but mostly they are people who dig through the ruins of St. Louis. But you can be wardens as well. Uh, you can be really anything that you want, and you can join up with a scaver company and um, in order to make some coin or help people out, discover some lost knowledge in the City of the Arch. Yeah, um, one of the things that we wanted to focus on was that this is really a, an area that's outside of the jurisdiction of the wardens. So wardens going in, you don't have the sort of authority that you would have in New Orleans. Here, the companies are in charge, not the government. And so a lot, if you're going to be a warden, there's, a, there's tension between how much authority do you have as a government official outside of your jurisdiction versus how much power are the corporations going to allow you if you work with them, that sort of thing. That sounds awesome. That's so, so cool. Go ahead. So I just, uh, I just put in the chat stream, again, the, uh, the, the link to backwatertabletop.com, and that's where people can go to find backwater and pre-order backroads. Great. So we'll make sure that gets in the show notes, too, for the, mm -hmm. the video on demand. Uh, had a blast. Uh, Asa, Alex, you guys kind of signed up for for three sessions, and we went to four. Thank you for uh, being flexible like that and sticking uh, with us. Um, we tend to get a little goofy with our role-playing, so things drag on a little bit. But we had a blast. We had a lot of fun, um, and we hope that we can get you guys back on the channel sometime for some more games we'd love to well thanks for having us and if there are people out there uh listening to this down the road you can follow me at backwater ttrpg at twitter um if again as i've been saying if twitter is still around 
Uh, we got an itch page and a drive-through RPG page too. Uh, and you can follow us on our newsletter to stay up to date because after Backroads uh, launches here, we will, or releases, we will be uh, dangling some information about a new project down the line too. So please sign on up if you have some time. Perfect. Thank you. And Alex, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, I'm also on the burning sinking ship that is Twitter at <laughs> Mightiest Finn. Uh, I've got a hive at the same name, uh, if that works. I don't know if it still does. Uh, I'll probably check that more if Twitter actually Titanics. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Mightiest Finn. The Mightiest Finn. Great, and you can always uh, join our Discord, Percentile Vice, and these two guys are known to poke their head in around there sometimes, too. So, great. Hey, thanks a lot, everybody. Emily, John, that was a blast. So much fun. Um, the, uh, the big wrestling move off the, the top rope was, was awesome. Emily, you have impeccable Karen uh, role-playing skills. Just amazing. <laughs> My skills have to accommodate for something. <laughs> and Swifty's combination of quick intellect to jump up on the stage and the show must go on, coupled I with that somewhere. <laughs> coupled with his uh, physical prowess and agility to then run across the tops of the seats. Just it was all a brilliant scene. Enjoyed it all. Thanks everybody. Thanks everybody for joining us. Thanks everybody. Bye. 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 Shimmy. Megahertz. Attack the planet. Anal. <laughs> what? What? Did you just say anal? What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Those orange flags. I'm going to wrap back up again. <laughs> <laughs>